Hello, friends. Welcome to the Lug Life Podcast. My name is Adam. My name is Sherry. This is our third podcast episode, Sherry Beth. It is. Very impressed with yeah. our skills and abilities to continue something through three episodes. <laughs> uh, so this is a little bit, in some ways, of a continuation of the last podcast episode. Yep, a little bit. The last one we talked, obviously, about friendships, how to make friends as an adult. And today we are talking about one of our very best friendship resources. Yep. Today we are talking all about the Enneagram. Now, some of you guys might be saying, Adam, Sherry, what the crap is the Enneagram? <laughs> Basically, it's just a personality test, right, Sherry? Yep. So think of things like DISC. Think of things like, what are some of the other ones? Myers-Briggs. Ah, yes. Those kind of things. Yep. The Enneagram is just a, I don't know if it's newer. I, I, it's come to the forefront in the last number of years. Yeah, I feel like it's a little more accurate, a little more detailed. It, than like the Myers-Briggs. It's one of the first any or uh, personality tests and I've done all of them, right? I've done right. DISC, I've done Enneagram, I've done Myers-Briggs. Um, it's one of the ones that I read and I was like, oh, that's me. Yeah. Like nailed like, it. Oh, they just described Adam. Completely. <laughs> so today what we're going to do is we're going to tell you what our Enneagram number is. And that's kind of the way the Enneagram works is that there's a series of number. You could be a one, a two, a three, a four based on, um, based obviously on the way you answer certain questions. Yep. There's nine personality types in the Enneagram. Yep. And so you fit into one of those normally. We'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Uh, we'll tell you what our personality type is based on the Enneagram, whether we think that it is accurate or not. But then also, um, how we use the Enneagram, not just in our marriage, but in like other interpersonal relationships, in work things, why we think it's important, all of that. So Sherry Beth has our results pulled up. I do. On her fancy laptop. (laughs) Um, Sherry and I are different in the Enneagram. Very. Sherry Beth, let's start with you, but let's talk first about how your, your Enneagram has hopped around a little bit. Yeah, so I had taken the test three times, and I've gotten three different results. <laughs> and so I kind of feel, and I've taken them at, at different times. Um, and, like, I think the first one I took was a couple years ago, and then I think last year I took another one. And, like, I I get three different results. And so for me, um, I kind of feel like all of these personality tests, no matter which one you're taking, um, I feel like it's a little bit based on whatever kind of mood and like headspace you're in mm-hmm. at the time like how you're going to answer these questions um and so I do feel like it it wavers a little bit I don't feel like any of these are going to be like completely accurate unless you're Adam and they just like wrote his description <laughs> um but yeah so I don't know I sometimes I feel like I connect more to the Enneagram sometimes I feel like I connect more to like Myers-Briggs um and so I, I don't really know. I It's it's a little bit wavery for me. I think also, the one thing to remember, and we were talking about this before we started recording, that remember, you're normally, again, if unless you're me, um, <laughs> you do identify with certain aspects or elements of different numbers. Yeah, like there's really part of me that identifies with literally every single number. Yeah, and so I, I'm not surprised that you kind of jump around, but also with you, pretty much every personality test you take you like you never have one that is the clear winner. Like yeah. you fit into a lot of the different boxes. Yeah, and I think the part of that is that I am a chronic overthinker. Totally. Like I overthink every single question. We literally so we both just took this test again just to like see <laughs> where we landed. And again, I got my third result and then my third test. Um and I it like Adam just like flew through it. He was just like click, 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 click. Like he he can just like answer it, and it took me like five minutes per question. I was like, Sherry, where do I fall on the scale? I don't know. Sherry was analyzing like every single question. Like, but it could be this. But what about this? But on some days it might be this. I'm like, oh my gosh, overthinker. Just answer the question. Is there an overthinker number? If that's it, that's that's the winner. I'm a ten. I'm a ten. You're, yeah, Sherry's an Enneagram ten. What's the ten? It's an overthinker because I can't answer the questions. Right. That should yeah, that actually should be one. It's so hard for me and. And part of that is, so because of that, like I know that I am just a complete overthinker on literally everything in my life. Um, A lot of these, (laughs) so we'll talk about the type that it landed me at this time, but a lot of them are like, you're decisive. And I'm like, nope, for sure not me. Well, that's (laughs) what, and that's what we were talking about was how, let's say there's 10 things that describe you if you're a certain number. And like eight of them are just so spot on. Like, oh my gosh, that's me. <laughs> Sherry will focus on the two that it's not. Like, that's not me at all. I'm like, yeah, but the other eight like nailed it. <laughs> and I think that that's important to remember with a lot of these personality tests is that uh, they're probably not going to get 100% of it right. 
Um, even on me. Yeah, but my analytical mind wants 100% right. Exactly. Like, I have to have everything perfect. We should live stream someday Sherry taking a personality <laughs> test. <laughs> Even the most boring live stream ever no. because it's five minutes no. per question. I think it's so fun watching you <laughs> wrestle with this stuff because you would think you were taking the SATs. Oh like, the gosh. way that you, like, struggle with these. Side note, the SATs completely stress me out because they're timed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to. I'm going to time your next personality test. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. All right. So, <laughs> so fun. Uh, so, let's just jump in. Yep. And let's talk about the results we got this time. Today. <laughs> Today, yeah. Sherry could do this podcast every week and get a different result. Correct. Um, but, Sherry, you took the Enneagram test today after a six-hour test that you took. <laughs> What re- Sorry. What results did you get? I, this time, am a type five. Uh-huh. Now, re- tell us what, for those of you who aren't listening, or those of you who, for those of you who aren't listening, <laughs> welcome to the podcast world. For those of you who aren't sure about Enneagram, what that means, Sherry Beth, tell us what a type five is. Uh, it is the... Oh, and just, just so you know, you guys, we're reading these description from the Enneagram Institute website. So it's just enneagraminstitute.com if you want to go check that out. Yep. That's where we're reading these descriptions from. Sorry, go ahead. Um, type five is the investigator, okay. intense, cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. How do you feel? We're going to get into like some of the fears, some of the things that it says about a five, some more deeper stuff, mm-hmm. but based just on, just on that, that, what do you think? Well, again, there are four words here. Yep. Perceptive, innovative, innovative, secretive, and isolated. And I would connect with three of them. And the one you would focus on would be the one that you don't think you are. I don't feel like I'm innovative. Oh, interesting. Okay. What would you say? <laughs> um, I would say you're very perspe- perceptive. Yeah. I would say you're secretive. Yeah. I'd say you're isolated. Uh, I think you're innovative in... Well, yeah, that's the one that I would identify the least with you as. Yeah. For sure. Um, but In certain things, I feel like I am. That, well, and that's when what I, I was going to say. When I have the space to be innovative. Yes. Right. I'm not innovative in like a hurried situation like ever. Totally. That's exactly right. So scroll down and uh, type five in brief is the next section. So this is sort of like a paragraph description. Yep. In brief, fives are alert, insightful, and curious. They are able to concentrate and focus on developing complex ideas and skills. I don't feel like that's true. Independent, innovative, and inventive. They can also become preoccupied with their thoughts and imaginary constructs. Yep. Which is me. They become detached, yet high-strung and intense. They typically have problems with eccentricity, nihilism, and isolation. Uh Uh-huh. At their best, they are visionary pioneers, often ahead of their time, and able to see the world in an entirely new way. What are the ba- so now we're going into like basic fears, basic desires? Yep. So the basic fear of a type five is being useless, helpless, or incapable. Do you feel? Do you feel like those are fears that you relate to? Yes. Okay. And now the basic desires. Basic desire is to be capable and competent. Do you think those are desires you relate to? Yes. So I would say, I agree with you. When you read to me the description of type five, I was like, there's a lot of that that is you. Yeah. And I agree. There is a lot. But then there's also things that I'm just like, that's not me. Here's the thing, though. (laughs) You said that line, they're able to concentrate and focus on developing complex ideas and skills. You said you don't feel like that's you. I am going to push back a little bit. Okay. Because I think it is you, but I think it's you in a different kind of way. I think that when, when I read that, I think of the fact that if, if we left you alone in a room with a something that needed to be done or something that needed to be like solved or something that needed to be taken care of and you got to do it in your own way, yeah. like a complex idea, like something, you know, uh, you would nail that. But, yeah, I rarely can like actually just follow like a preconceived construct. Right. Like but, it frustrates me because it's usually inefficient. But if you were like in a group setting, it's like, all right, now we're going to develop some complex ideas and skills. Like you'd be, you'd hate that. Right. I would blend into the background and not contribute. Totally. But I think that in your own way, that actually is true. Oh, that could be, yeah. Um, Okay. So that's a, that's kind of a type five. So let's talk a little bit more, Sherry. What else you got? Okay. So the key motivations, Mm. they want to possess knowledge, to understand the environment, to have everything figured out as a way of defending the self from threats from, from the environment. That is you to a T. For sure. That is, that is like Sherry for sure. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, this is interesting. Give us some examples. I'm just looking at the screen now. I haven't seen this before. Just a few examples of people who are type fives. Yep. Um, Buddha. <laughs> Buddha. <laughs> nice start. <laughs> Sweet. 
Um, Albert Einstein. Interesting. I'm just going to name the ones that I actually know. Um, Stephen Hawking and mm-hmm. Vincent Van Gogh. Okay, so like artist Mark, types. Mark like Zuckerberg, Munch. Bill Gates. Uh-huh. Huh. Um, Emily Dickinson, Frederick Nietzsche, Agatha Christie, James Joyce. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, oh, Jodie Foster. I love her. See, I'm seeing Kurt Cobain on there, and now I'm just like, <laughs> I've never been more attracted to you. Cool. As All a Nirvana right. fan in high school, right. I'm like, my wife is the same as Kurt Cobain. Right. So um, Jane Goodall. Yeah. I mean, like there's good people on here. Um, yeah. So where do you, do you think that this actually like describes me pretty well? I think it describes you well, but here's where I want to go to next, because I think this describes you really well. Mm-hmm. If you scroll right down on that page, you'll see it says type five overview. Yep. Um, one of the first sentences there really really describes you just read that first paragraph the very first sentence is like oh yeah that's me yep go ahead um we have named personality type five the investigator because more than any other type fives want to find out why things are the way they are that you guys that is so sherry like when we talk about (laughs) when we talk about anything from injustice in the world to the way things work to why things happen in books or movies um sherry wants to know why it's that way. I always, always want to know why. It's never... If you want me to do something in this certain way, I want to know why you want me to do it in that certain way. That's Explain exactly right. to me why it has to be done this way. That's exactly right. Well, so that's... Ex- okay, so what you just said is exactly why I think, going back <laughs> earlier, about complex systems and skills. Mm-hmm. Because I think you so want to know why things are done that you will figure out the way to do them. Right. So, yeah, yes. I think it does describe you. Keep reading that real quick. Okay. Um, they want to understand how the world works, whether it is the cosmos, the, the microscopic world, the animal, vegetable, or mineral kingdoms, or the inner world of their imaginations. They're always searching, asking questions, and delving in, into things in depth. They, they do not accept received opinions and doctrines, feeling a strong need to test the truth of most assumptions for themselves. Boom! <laughs> That's This is exactly Sherry. Like, yeah. Sherry is the kind of person that if, if you were just, if you asked Sherry to do something, or you told Sherry something was some way... She does not accept um, because I say so as a response. Like ever. Because she's like, yeah, but <laughs> You're gonna no, ask my parents wh- about that. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, but no, why? Like, like why? And actually, I, so I'm going to, I'm going to brag on you a little bit in this. Okay. Because I've, one of the things that I've appreciated the most about you, and I'll use even like our faith, our, like our religion as this. You were raised um, in the Midwest, mm-hmm. right? Pretty like buckle of the Bible belt. Right. But as you've gotten older, I've watched you say, you know what? Just because I was taught this stuff as a kid isn't enough. Right. Right. Like I'm not accepting all of the reasons I was given anymore. Right. So I have dug and, and figured out what I actually believe for myself. Exactly. Cause you were, you weren't okay with, well, that's just what I've always known. Mm-hmm. Like you had to know the why behind behind everything, including like core core beliefs. Right, and some of those have stayed the same. Yeah, but some, some of those have changed completely because I dug into it myself. Yep, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh wait a second, I don't believe this anymore, or I think this is different, or I think yeah. that. So I think um, reading type five, it is largely you. Yeah, um, I actually want to read this next paragraph mm-hmm. um, because I feel like this is also. Very accurate. Oh, let's hear it. Behind five's relentless pursuit of knowledge are deep insecurities about their ability to function successfully in the world. Ah. Fives feel that they do not have an ability to do things as well as others, but rather than engage directly with activities that might bolster their confidence, fives take a step back into their minds where they feel more capable. Their belief is that from the safety of their minds, they'll eventually figure out how to do things and one day rejoin the world. Okay, so I'm going to try to not be a counselor here, right? Because I, mean, <laughs> I this is where I really want to like... Adam's going to come out. I know, this is where I really want to like step into this and press this back. Oh, tell me about that. No, but I do feel like this is really very true of me because if I, if I can't figure something out immediately, I retreat. Yep. I isolate and I noodle it in my head until I figure it out. That's exactly right. Like I very rarely will go to other people and say, how, how do I do this? Can you explain this to me? I will sit there in silence and I will figure it out. This is one of the, and we're going to talk about more. We're going to dive deeper into this a little bit later about how we use Enneagram kind of in our relationship. But I will say just kind of touching into that now, one of the reasons this is so helpful for me to know about Sherry is that I'm very different in this. Mm -hmm. And I know that if Sherry and I are discussing something that is, that is important or deep or even heavy and weighty that Sherry needs not just space 
and margin and time to to process this. Um, but like, I need to step back, right? She needs to do this in her own way. I, Sherry is not a, all right, we're going to sit down. We're going to figure this out right now. We're going to solve we're gonna this. We're going to hash and, it out. We're gonna ha- Sherry is not a hash it out kind of person. Nope. Like Sherry is a, you know what? Let's discuss this one night and give me a couple days. Cause like, I need to process this. I will let you know when I'm ready. And I will let you know when I'm ready. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. Um, and so that's helpful in, in our relationship. Yes. And that, it, and it's not just in, you know, figuring out like, uh, I don't know. It, for me, it's also like when we argue about things, mm-hmm. um, because I am not a quick thinker. Yep. And I, like when in the middle of an argument, when my emotions are high, especially, um, I have got to take a step back and actually process and be able to figure out a response. Yep. And like how to address it. And that's why some people are like, don't let the sun go down on your anchor. And that's a Bible verse. Um, I, I don't know exactly how to take that, but here's what I'll say for our relationship. One of the very best things we can do sometimes is let the sun go down. <laughs> like not our anger, but on an argument. Right. We can say, we can address it and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to solve this today because that's, I know that that's not how Sherry works. So we're going right. to talk about this. We're going to kind of start the process, but it might be a couple days before this like process ends mm-hmm. because that's the space that Sherry needs. Right. So we are good about like, if we are arguing, especially in the evening before bed, yep. we will always say we love you. Totally. Um, and so we really, we don't let ourselves like go to bed in anger, yeah. but like... Yeah, we're never pissed off at each other. Right. But yep. it, rarely do we complete an argument. Oh, completely. Yeah, Like no. the same day that it was started. Absolutely not. Because I need time to process and I need time to like figure out where I stand. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's helpful. And again, we'll talk more about that um, here in just a little bit. But Sherry, a type five, mm-hmm. I think that's largely you. I think so too. Um... So the other types that I have gotten are a four and a six. Yep. Um, a four the first time I took it, a six the next time, and then this time a five. And I do feel like um, I relate more to five mm-hmm. than four or six in in whole. Well, here's what's interesting. And we're not going to talk about this in this episode because this gets a little bit deeper in Enneagram. Yeah. Is there's this thing called wings. Mm-hmm. And a wing is kind of like you have your dominant number, which for Sherry taking the test this time would be a five. And then the wing for Sherry would be either a... Four or a six. Four or a six. It's whatever number is beside you. So yeah. you can't be like a five wing nine. That's not how that works. Yeah. So it's a wing four or a wing six. Um, and... Like he said, we're not really going to like dive deep into that, but it, it does describe your personality a little bit more Yeah. if you couple it with one of the other numbers next to you. There are elements of you in those numbers is right. kind of the idea. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to me that you've taken it three times and you got a four or five and a six. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all potential wings of each other. Right. So that's kind of interesting. So mm-hmm. that's what Sherry is. Sherry Beth. Let's move to you. Let's move to me. Now, my test results are different than Sherry's. <laughs> in that every single time I have taken the Enneagram, I have gotten this number off the charts. Right. Like not even really close. Um, and in fact, other people, and I'll tell, I'll tell a story about a friend Amanda one time. <laughs> it's one of my favorite stories about my number. Um, but Sherry, you have the laptop, you have the power. <laughs> what the heck am I? You are a two. <laughs> I am the twoest of twos. I, the twoest of twos. <laughs> I really feel like they looked at Adam and they dissected his personality and they're like, that's that's how we're describing a two. It wasn't that we're like we're taking a two and describing Adam. We're taking Adam and describing a two. It's so funny. Okay. Well, tell, tell people what in the heck a two is. The helper. Okay. The caring interpersonal type. Generous, demonstrative, people-pleasing, and possessive. What do you think about those? Um, I definitely three, again, three of the four. Uh I do feel like you're a people pleaser, but I don't feel like that's ever like your motivation because I think that your motivation is always what's going to be best for the the greater good. Yeah, sure. And if like, you're not going to do something just to please one person, Uh like ever. True. Read the, read the type two in brief. In brief, twos are empathetic, sincere, and warm-hearted. They are friendly, generous, and self-sacrificing, but can also be sentimental, flattering, and people-pleasing. They are well-meaning and driven to be close to others, but can slip into doing things for others in order to be needed. Uh-huh. They, <laughs> they typically have problems with possessiveness and with acknowledging their own needs. At their best, they are unselfish and altruistic. They have unconditional love for others. 
it's you guys it's so like <laughs> i don't think there's anything i disagree with um the sentimental i don't feel like you're really you're sentimental about um specific things specific things like um people yeah and things pertaining to people, but you are not sentimental when it comes to things. Oh, not not specific things. That's true. I'm sentimental when it comes to people and events. Yes. Right? People yeah. and events, but not like possessions. Right. Totally true. So my basic fear... Your... Uh, of it as an Enneagram 2 would your be... basic fear is being unwanted, unworthy of being loved. Nailed it. 100%. Basic <laughs> desire is to feel loved. 100%. Key motivations... Uh -huh. You want to be loved, to express your feelings for others, to be needed and appreciated, to get others to respond to them, to vindicate their claims about themselves. My gosh, that is this, you guys, this is so <laughs> me. Like, it's ridiculous. It's really funny. So let's talk about people okay. that are also twos. Perfect. Um, again, I'm just going to name the ones that I actually have heard of. Mm -hmm. um, Pope John the 23rd. Okay. Which, why are there so many? Um, <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt. Nancy Reagan. Yep. Um, John Denver, Lionel Richie, Stevie Wonder, Dolly Parton, Josh Groban. And then, then I like that it says the music of Journey. Can we just stop right there? <laughs> I'm like, that's me. Again, I don't necessarily know why the people that are like you matter. Because I, I like don't know. I know their music. It's just interesting. I think it's talent level. They looked at me and they're like, that's a Josh Groban. That man's a Josh Groban. No, not that. Probably you not. You love me some Josh Groban. Type 2 overview. Tell me this, Sherry Beth. We have named personality type 2 the helper because people of this type are either the most genuinely helpful to other people or when they are less healthy, they are most they are the most highly invested in seeing themselves as helpful. Um, I think that's interesting. I'm going to uh -huh. pause right there. When they are less healthy, they are the most highly invested in seeing themselves as, as helpful. So totally. I think that if you're not in a healthy headspace, um, you will do things to be perceived as helpful. That's right. Yeah. Whether you're feeling that or not. Totally. Um, moving on. Being generous and going out of their way for others makes twos feel that theirs is the richest, most meaningful way to live. Uh-huh. It's true. <laughs> so there's a little arrogance in there. Oh, totally. Um, the love and concern they feel and the genuine good they do warms their hearts and makes them feel worthwhile. Twos are most interested in what they feel to be the really, really good things in life. Love, closeness, sharing, family, and friendship. Oh, that is that is the most true thing. Like Twos are most interested in what they feel to be the really, really good things in life. Love, closeness, sharing, family, and friendship. Yeah. To me, if I had a life with just that stuff, I'm good. Like, yeah. <laughs> life, is, life is good. So yeah, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. Like a thousand percent. Like a thousand percent. Right. That is, that is so me. Let's talk a little bit about that. The paragraph there says when twos are healthy and in balance. Yep. When twos are healthy and in balance, they really are loving, helpful, generous, and considerate. People are drawn to them like bees to honey. Healthy mm. twos warm others in the glow of their hearts. They enliven others with their appreciation and attention, helping people to see positive qualities in themselves that they had not previously recognized. In short, healthy twos are the embodiment of the good parents that everyone wishes they had. Someone who sees them as they are, understands them with immense compassion, helps and encourages with infinite patience, and is always willing to lend a hand while knowing precisely how and when to let go. Healthy twos open our hearts because theirs are already so open and they show us the way to be more deeply and richly human. Yeah, I think a lot of that does describe me. Yeah. Um, I will say, and this is important to remember, that each personality type has both unhealthy and healthy sides, mm -hmm. right? So we just talked about the healthy side of what it means to be a two, but let's move down a little bit, Sherry, and let's talk a little bit about um, kind of what happens with an unhealthy two. Yep. Um, however, two's inner development may be limited by their shadow side, mm -hmm. pride, self-deception, the tendency to become over-involved in the lives of others, and the tendency to manipulate others to get their own emotional needs met. Transformational work entails going into dark places in ourselves, and this very much goes against the grain of the two's personality structure, which prefers to see itself in only the most positive, glowing terms. Yeah, but you know what's interesting is that I have found that to be true about myself, that I tend to be, I tend to be a very positive, um, very helpful, very caring, kind of uh, compassionate person. Mm -hmm. But the, I think the shadow side is such an interesting way to define that. Because if I'm not that, I don't necessarily go to like a gray area. I go to like that dark area. I'm trying to see how they transformational work entails going into dark places in ourselves. Yep. And I'm going to, so average to unhealthy twos seek validation of their worth by obeying their super ego's demands to sacrifice themselves for others. 
They believe they must always put others first and be loving and unselfish if they want to get love. Yep. The problem is that putting others first makes two secretly angry and resentful, feelings they work hard to repress or deny. Nevertheless, they eventually erupt in various ways, disrupting two's relationships and revealing the inauthenticity of many of the average unhealthy two's claims about themselves and the depth of their love. Well, it's one of the reasons that, like, I struggle with this, that as a two, I tend to be a very giving person, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I tend to be very, like, uh, accommodating to others. And when that isn't returned, when I go to an unhealthy place... What I do is I'm just like, oh, okay, so you don't care at all about me. Right. Right? You know what I mean? So, like, the pendulum swings. It's like, uh, in some ways, I do these things because I want to, and, like, that's how I get life, and that's what I, I genuinely love serving and caring for others. Like, it is my favorite thing in this whole world. Right. But, like, when I go to an unhealthy place, there's something in my brain that switches, and that flips, and I'm like, if I'm not getting that back, then um, you, you hate me. screw you. Right. Right. And, and we've seen that in our marriage. 100%. Because he gives and gives and gives. And when I don't give in the same way back, yep. he gets angry and frustrated. That's and exactly he, right. And he feels unloved. That's exactly right. Which is not true. But that's just when he allows himself to go to that dark place. Well, let's let's talk about this. I think this is a really good transition into mm-hmm. kind of why this stuff matters. Right. Right. So and how I think, we use this. Right. And so between the two of us... Um, I tend to live in that dark place mm-hmm. and overanalyze and overthink. And um, I like I am always, always in my head uh, trying to figure out where I land on this, how I feel about this, what I'm going to do about it, like how I'm going to fix this. Like this is a That's constant true. mental thought, like mental train of thought in my head always. Yep. Um, and it's not for him Mm-mm. because his his mental train of thought is how can I be helpful? How can I love? How can I, um, give, give, give. Yep. So when we not even switch places, when he gets into my kind of headspace, he doesn't know what to do with it. I have no clue. Right. It's, it's so important. It is like a, um, it, I feel like a completely different person. Mm-hmm. And if you guys remember, we, I even talked about that in some of our vlogs about how like our Florida trip, um, and just even like the end of 2020, I was there for like several weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. And it, I don't know. How, I It's so foreign to me that I don't know how to act and I don't know how to operate because I genuinely feel like to my soul, to my core, that what I'm experiencing is just so not me. Right. Right. And so I'm just like, wait a second. Like, this isn't who I am at all. Like, but I don't know how to get out of it <laughs> because it's so foreign. It's like I'm stuck in mud. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, that's my entire life. Well, and that's what's so crazy to me is that I have to remember, and this is this is why this is so helpful, and this is why uh, this is why we retake the Enneagram test often. Mm-hmm. This is why we talk about this stuff. Is that knowing that that is Sherry's reality helps me know how I can care well for her, helps me know how I can encourage her, helps me know the kind of person I need to be in her life. To help her be who, like, I believe God created her to be. Right. Right? Like, I... And vice versa. Oh, 100%. Completely. It works both ways. Yep. And so, to me, knowing that, um, knowing that, just like what Sherry said, that that's kind of where she lives, I know that there's times that I need to, like, step in and just, like, be an encouragement to her. But more than that, not try to solve the problem, because that's never helpful to Sherry. Right. I rarely go to him with a problem wanting a fix because right. I need to figure it out for myself. Because that's your personality. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so usually when I go to him with a problem, I'm it's just a soundboard for me. Like I just I just want to include him in my thought process. Yep. I don't need him to add to that. Yeah, we've even <laughs> we've even said that in different discussions. Like I'm not asking you to fix this. Right. Here's what I need from you right now. Right. So like, I'm not asking you to fix this. Here's what I need. I need you to listen to me. I need you to hear me. Like I need you that kind of stuff. Right. Sometimes because my brain is just a big muddy pit of despair. (laughs) I, I sometimes I just need to verbalize things in order to figure out where I'm at on it. Totally. And talking to myself is just weird. And so I will talk to you. Mm -hmm. And again, I rarely need an actual like help with that I just need to verbalize it and then I'm like oh okay I know where I'm at where like I know where I need to be now but you guys imagine this 
I'm a two. He's I'm a fixer. A, I'm a fixer and a help. More than a, more than a fixer, I'm a helper. Right. <laughs> and so Sherry comes to me. She's like, okay, here's what's going on. And here's I start I start getting so excited inside because I'm like, oh my God, I get to help. I get to help. I get to help. Like a puppy. I'm like a puppy. And I'm so excited because we're going to get that dog. Can I that dog? Because like, we're going to get to play and I'm going to get the help. And and I have to I have to ratchet back who I am. Right. Because it's not helpful to who Sherry is. Right. You know what I mean? So like I I don't get to be my two-ishness in that moment <laughs> because it is not helpful to Sherry as a five. Well, and I don't even think that it's really suppressing who you are. I think that it's tapping into a different side of it because That's, there you go. That's good. Because you are still being extremely helpful. Not in the way I naturally would be. Though. Not like you not as a fixer, but you are helpful in that I just needed somebody to talk to. Totally. And so you're you're still being a help a helper. Yep. Um, you're still helping me through my problem. It's just in this instance, I just need your silence to help me through my problem yeah, because that's right. I need to figure it out. I need to process it in my own way. And it's not just in a marriage relationship. I really love knowing what Enneagram our different friends are. Yep. I love knowing what Enneagram all of my employees are. Yes. Um, that to me is so helpful because with Enneagram or personality tests. People hear things in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. I can say one thing, but it falls on the ears of a two different than it falls on the ears of a five, right? right? So I need to know, or maybe not need to know, it's helpful for me to know right? that kind of thing. Yes. Because then I know how this person might take this, how this person might hear this, how this person might... How to phrase things so that they understand yep. and like in their own way. So my boss and I have talked about this too. Um, she really wants to know all of you know the employees of our company like where they are because you can be talking to a group of people and there's going to be you know six different types in there yeah and so she needs to phrase things either in multiple ways or in a way that everybody will receive it the way that she's needing it to be received that's right but everybody's going to hear that differently she's saying the same words in the same tone to everybody because they're all in the same group but they're going to hear it six different ways well, and I found as, as somebody who's been an employer for a lot of people, mm-hmm. there are certain personality types that if I have a, a specific conversation like with a staff about something, I know that I need to go to all of the fives after this is over and just make sure they heard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds crazy, but it's like, hey, uh, I know that was kind of a hard meeting. I just want to, I want to know what you heard me say. Right. Because if I ask a two that or ask a five that, I actually get different responses. I said one thing. Because fives are going to internalize and probably take it as a personal affront. That's exactly what it is. And that's exactly where I was (laughs) going, Sherry. And you never mean that. Nope, not at all. that's how our brains work. 100%. Right. And so that's why this stuff matters so much. Um, Mm -hmm. We use it. We use this stuff all the time in our marriage. And not just Enneagram. A lot of different personality tests. I know like the five love languages is another one. Mm -hmm. Sherry, off the top of your head, just quick squirrel. Do you know what your love languages are? Um, I think gifts and probably words of affirmation. Do you know what mine is? Words of affirmation. Well, that's not my biggest one. Physical touch. Yeah, 100%. I'm a physical touch and then words of affirmation person. Physical touch is probably my lowest. Well, so, okay, let's talk. That, that's an, that leads me into another thing with this personality thing. Right. Is, okay, now we have... In a relationship where my greatest need, I would say, is is physical touch. My least greatest need is physical physical touch. touch. And so, like, how the hell do you figure that out? (laughs) You know, and that to me is why communication in this stuff is so important. That's why I think ongoing talking about this stuff is so important. We we talk about things like this all of the time. Yeah. Like all, all, all of the time. And we have constant check-ins about like, hey, how is this going? How is that going? And there are some areas. How can I improve? How can I improve? There are some areas that are like a constant battle. Yep. Just like absolutely all the time, constant battle. It feels like banging our heads against the wall, probably on both sides. Yeah. But we keep going. Right. Because we are just on opposite sides of so many of these kinds of issues. Yep. And so he feels very unloved when I don't do this and this and this. Yep. And I just feel like he's just the neediest person ever. Exactly. Which is not true. Yep. That's just how he receives love. And so it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's getting outside your own comfort zone and being the person that 
you need to be for that person. Well, and that's where, like, again, this is probably me being an Enneagram too. <laughs> like, I always think about others in a situation. Like, what does this person need? What does this person want? What does this person need? Right? You know what I mean? Like, that's my primary first thought. Right. Like, when we talk about where to go for dinner, and I'm just like, oh, I, wherever you want. I genuinely mean that. Like, it might, it sounds funny, but to me, like, I... What would bring me the most joy is for Sherry to have whatever food she wants in the moment. The problem is normally she's like, no, I don't care. No. And so, <laughs> so he says he doesn't care because he generally wants to go to the place that I want to That's go to right. most. I am a chronic overthinker <laughs> and I'm like, I, I cannot make this decision. Like yeah. I cannot say what I want for dinner because I don't know. That's right. Like if we need to figure this out in the next like day or two, it's not going to happen. Like I am going to overthink and I'm going to be like, this sounds good. Eh, but that doesn't really from that restaurant. So maybe this sounds better, but then, but then this one sounds better. Like I, my brain cannot like it short circuits when he's like, just make a decision. I want, Sh I, I so badly want to give Sherry what she wants. And Sherry <laughs> so much has no idea what she wants because she overthinks everything. Right. Oh my gosh. Welcome to leg life, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Welcome to leg life. Um, oh yeah. my goodness. Sherry Beth, any other thoughts on, on Enneagram? Uh, any other Enneagram tips or, I don't know, what are your thoughts? Um, for me, I think that it's helpful to know where your friends are. Because, again, Absolutely. like knowing how you can be the best friend to that specific person is super helpful. Because, again, you know, when it comes down to um, personality types, I know that Adam is going to receive something differently than this other friend or this other friend. And so I can't treat everybody the same. Yep. And I, I think that in order to be a good friend, you need to know how to respond to your friends. Yeah. I think one of the best, like, one of the best things you can do as a friend is figure out the personality types of those around you and then figure out, like, the things that make them feel loved, the things that make them feel seen, the things that make them feel known, the things that, like, what are the ways that you as a friend, again, I sound like such a two right now. What are the ways <laughs> that you can uh, really serve and understand your friends and who they are, not expecting them to, to uh, you know, serve you all the time? Right. And I'm going to just rabbit trail a little bit, but it is still connected. Yeah. I think this is very connected to gift giving. Ooh, let's hear it. Um, we have talked about this on our vlogs. Um, Adam is an excellent gift giver. And I think that relates back to him being a two. Hmm, and, interesting. And knowing, like, just kind of having this innate sense of how to help people and what to give them what they want. Huh. Um, and I am a terrible gift giver because I overthink everything. You overthink everything. That's interesting. And so I get into my head and I can usually figure out a decent gift if I have, like, months to, fit, to like, think about it. You need to start Christmas shopping in September. I need to start Christmas shopping in January. We should just leave the tree up then. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is still up. <laughs> That's true. Um, and I, yeah, like I, it's so hard for me because I want to, like with every cell in my being, I want to give this person something that will mean something to them. Yeah. And that they will actually like. And I overthink everything to the point where I will either just not give them a gift or I will just be like, just whatever, just buy them this. I yeah. don't care. Like, because I, I cannot get my brain to actually like decide on something. That's really interesting. I'd never thought about gift giving from the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's so hard for me. It makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Because I overthink everything. Can I end <laughs> this podcast uh -huh. by telling one story? Uh -huh. It's an Enneagram 2 story. Okay. Um, our friends, Ben and Amanda, you guys know, apparently we're just going to talk about them every podcast because we love them so much. So Ben and I, uh, and some other buddies went to Austin city limits in 2019, back when the world still allowed things like Austin city limits mm -hmm. to happen. And, uh, I flew in early. I was actually in Texas early for work. And so I was picking Ben up at the airport and I texted Amanda. I was like, Hey, is there anything that Ben likes? Is there anything that Ben would like love to have that I could get in advance to have for Ben that would just like bring him joy and make him happy? And Amanda told me, like as the an most, aside, that wouldn't even occur to me. I was just going to say, like, I'm just going to pick him up from the airport. The most Enneagram <laughs> 2 thing. I'm like, I get to see my friend that I want to have gifts for him. Um, and so Amanda was like, there's this energy drink that he loves called Zions, but it's not like, it's not readily available everywhere. And so I'm like, 
dope. I had most of the day. Okay, so like Ben was flying in in the evening. I had that whole day free. And so in the morning, I start my search for Zions. I'm in Austin, Texas. And he's thinking, I'll just go pick some up. And then I have the day to like... Kill, kill, bum around, totally. Whatever. Like kill, kill time, do stuff. Um, and so I, I go online and I'm searching for Zions and I find one store that looks like they have it. I go there. They're like, oh, we actually don't carry that anymore. And I bet I ended up going to seven or eight stores all around the Austin area. <laughs> and every single store, they don't have it. They don't have it. They don't have it. Like I'm looking up, you guys, everything I can find. Like I'm on message boards. I'm on websites. I'm doing. I'm calling stores. Um, and I can't find it. And I'm genuinely getting like soul level bummed that the thing that would bring my friend happiness, I'm not going to be able to give him, (laughs) right? Like that's where my mind is at. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I go to the Austin airport to pick him up and I get there early. And at the Austin airport, there's like this little, you know how sometimes at airports there's gas stations right there on airport property. If you're like filling up your rental car, that sort of thing. (laughs) So I was like, well, I'm just going to pull into this gas station and I'll wait here. Until Ben is Ben texts me that he's landed, then I'll go pick him up. So I pull into the gas station. Now I have spent seven or eight hours driving around Austin, Texas, going to as many stores as I possibly can, trying to find this one thing for my friends. I'll bring him joy. Can't find it. <laughs> so I'm sitting there in the parking lot of the gas station. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna check one more time. I'm just gonna go in because I, I have to try. I'm a two. I've got to do it. And I go in, and I find Zions in the gas station at the airport. <laughs> And the amount of happiness and pleasure I felt knowing that my friend was going to have his drink <laughs> made me so happy. So I bought a bunch of them. Uh, but it was funny because during the day I was texting Amanda. I'm like, oh, I tried here. I tried there. Where do you guys normally find it? That kind of stuff. And Amanda texts back at one point during the day. And we had never talked about Enneagram with them. She was like, hey, uh, you're an Enneagram too, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, yeah, why? And she was like, you spent the whole day trying to find an energy drink because you knew that it would make Ben happy. Right. It's literally, you, you stopped at every store in the <laughs> state of Texas trying to find this one drink. You guys, I bet I spent six or seven hours <laughs> that day driving, trying to find that for Keeping my friend. Keeping in mind that it wouldn't even occur to me to, to do that. No, you'd be like, what time's your flight in? Great. I'll be there. Cool. I'm going to read until then. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to read till then. That's exactly it. But it's like, for me, I was like, nope, there's one thing I can do for my friend that will make him happy. I will I will move heaven and earth to oh do that. Oh my gosh. It's the most Enneagram 2 thing yeah. maybe that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. So friends, that's our Enneagram conversation. Um, we love the Enneagram. We do. It, yeah. And again, you know, I, for me, it's so hard to really say that I love like one thing over another because there are pieces of Enneagram that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. There are pieces of Myers-Briggs that I don't agree with. Um, but overall, I think that it's Enneagram to me is the most accurate yep. and the most detailed. Yep. Like it's, they give you like this whole page of instances and examples that will kind of relate to you or not. Yep. I think, uh, I think it's helpful. Again, we've, we've talked on, I don't want to beat a dead horse. But we've, we use it all of the time in our marriage. We use it all the time in our relationships. We mm-hmm. use it all the time when interacting with people and employees and employers. Uh, so Enneagram, we're fans. Yep. Now Sherry Beth. Yeah. We end our podcast asking two questions every single week. Yeah. Those questions are, what is something that has been bringing you joy lately? Mm-hmm. Or who is someone that has been inspiring you lately? And because we're talking about the Enneagram, I'm just going to insert this here. Um, these are very Enneagram 2 questions. And they stress me the heck out. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. An Enneagram 5 question be, would be like, what is bringing you despair lately? What? <laughs> no, no. Any open-ended <laughs> question stresses me out. That's... Any open-ended question, which is why I struggle with the test itself. Very interesting. Because it's it's so hard. Like, give me a yes or a no. Have you been inspired lately? Probably. Has something brought you joy lately? Probably. Boom, you guys, Sherry answered the questions. <laughs> I'm just but kidding. it's so hard for me to like narrow it down to like one thing or like that's just not how my brain works. Well, because, and, and this is interesting, that when I say it's something been bringing you joy, you don't want to just say one thing. You want to ensure that the thing you say is the top answer. Right. Like, but I don't know what that top answer is. It stresses me out. That's exactly right. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, I never even thought about these questions as Enneagram 2 questions. Do they we need to sure are. Do we need to scrap this from the podcast? I don't know. I think that it's good for me to 
try to make a damn decision, but it's just, it's so hard. It really is. Also, just so you know, I want, this is a good time to, to spike this. Uh, our YouTube channel is very family friendly. Um, <laughs> our Instagram lives are a little bit less. Our podcast will probably include language most weeks. So maybe not something to listen to as a family. We'll try to keep it mostly clean. We try to have Sherry do most of these podcasts moderately sober. <laughs> moderately sober to keep the Here's language the down. I should probably be less than sober if, <laughs> if I want to be able to answer some of these questions. That is true. Okay. So do you have an answer for either of those questions this week? Oh, sure. I'm, so I think... <laughs> I feel so bad because I totally came up with these questions, you guys. And I was so proud of myself. I was like, Sherry, this can be such a great part of the podcast. I know. He was so happy. He's like, we really have to do this. And I'm just like panicking inside. My entire brain is like short circuiting. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So I'm going to say that these podcasts have actually been bringing me joy. Really? They've been a lot of fun. And it's fun to kind of deep dive into some of these. And again, like these are all... Uh, conversations that we have had just between the two of us and sometimes with other friends. Yeah. Um, but it's fun to actually have them kind of recorded because like, I really don't think that we've said anything new aside from <laughs> me pointing out that your questions are very much Enneagram twos. Um, so, I mean, really, I just, it's fun to kind of have these conversations with you. I, I 100% agree. I've been loving this. Yeah. It's been really great. And honestly, it brings me so much joy knowing that you're enjoying this. <laughs> I just think so feeds my Enneagram 2 soul. Um, mine is also going to be a something that has been bringing me joy lately. Mm -hmm. You guys, I've been reading. I'm so proud of you. And I've talked about this a lot on the vlogs that I watch Sherry's love for reading or I watch like Auburn's love for reading. People that like genuinely get lost in a book and it is life giving and they love it. And I look at that. I'm like, man, I want that. Mm hmm. But I just really have always struggled with reading. I've struggled with enjoying reading. And I'm reading a book right now called Station Eleven. Um, it's my first book of the year. And I'm a little over halfway through it, I think. And I just, there have been a few times that I remember thinking like, oh, I just want to go read. And I haven't had that feeling in a long time. Yeah. So I've been loving, loving, loving reading. Um, so but yeah. I, feel like I think it's important to point out, and this is just totally... And again, I, you know, this is how my brain works. And so I'm going to, there's going to be times like as I'm thinking of things, I'm, I'm, new ideas will come to me. Totally. And this is, I think, a good platform to just say them. It's a great platform. Um, I don't think that you have to enjoy reading. Oh, interesting. There are other things that you enjoy doing that I don't. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Like you have your things and I have mine. And so you can, you can kind of have like a longing, like I wish that I enjoyed sports the way that you do. Mm. I, I mean, I, I know how much you love watching them. You get into the games, you like get invested in the players. You like, I wish that I had that level of enjoyment over sports and I just don't. That, what a good way to put that. And, and honestly, that is, even hearing you say that, that's freeing to me. Right. And like, like, I, oh. could, I, will, I can watch sports with you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to care about it like you yeah. do. And I'm probably going to be reading while you're watching sports because I care about that more. Right? <laughs> you're exactly right. And I mean, I think that's okay. That's that's a really good way to put it. Um, and that is that, I don't want to say it lets me off the hooks. I never felt like I was on a hook. I feel like I was, I feel like I'm on a, like, a hook I've put myself on. Right. Like, I don't ever want you to feel like you have to like reading the way that I do. Yeah. I want you to give me the space to enjoy reading the way that I do. Absolutely. And you do. Yep. But... I, I don't think that you have to enjoy it the way that I do. Well, I have been enjoying it this year. Good. And that's been bringing me joy, at least with this book. You're almost halfway done with the book. I'm almost halfway done with the book. I've already finished three. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's rude. But you have watched more sports than me. I have watched more sports than you. So win-win. Right. So friends, that's what's been bringing us joy with my Enneagram 2 questions. I feel I feel so much shame around this right now. <laughs> you don't have to oh feel shame. Oh my God. I think that it's, it's healthy for me to really like have to make a decision yeah and like figure out i mean i mean positive things because i can go down dark dark rabbit trails yep. real easy yep. um but i because it's just a muddy mess in my brain but it's i think it's good for me to focus on happy things i will end this podcast by saying this that something you just said reminded me of this we could view our differences um in personality as things to butt heads over, as things to argue over. And there are times that we do that. Right, like we're just never going to agree. But most of the time, 
I view our differences as real gifts to each other. Like, there is a gift to me as a two with Sherry being a five, right? Because I need sometimes that being to be brought back to reality. Right. Right. And because there, not everything has to be joyful and happy and fun, fun, fun. That's exactly right. But then at times, there's also, there's a gift to Sherry in having someone that's like, an encourager and mm -hmm. uh, a helper. Somebody who brings me out of the mire. That's exactly right. right. And so honestly, I do feel like our differences yin and yang each other very well. I don't know if that's a term. I don't know if you can yin and yang something. Yin and yang. That's funny. Whatever, Sherry. <laughs> oh, man, such a five right now. <laughs> um, but, but like, I think that it, it isn't how you look at it. Right. That we could say, you know, oh, she's so different than me. How annoying is that? Uh, but at the same time, there's a gift to me in mm -hmm. in Sherry's personality, and there's a gift to Sherry in my personality, and there's a gift to our friends in my personality, and their personality differences are a gift for me if we take the time and if we are intentional to see it that way. Right, and I think that some people will, like, there are, you can find any kind of website saying that type 5 and type 2 should never, ever, ever get married that's because exactly right. they will just constantly butt heads. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's true. I mean, we do occasionally, but... What? But knowing what the other person is and how they will receive things that we're saying helps us work that out. Yep. And I think that, I, I mean, I, I just think that it's important. I don't think that there's any type that should never, ever, ever be with another type. I think that no matter what type you are, you can be with anybody if you know how to communicate to them. That's exactly and right. how to receive communication from them. Yeah, find the gift in it. Mm -hmm. Because there is a gift. Yes. In, in your partner, in your friends, in your employer, in your employee. There's a gift to you in their personality type. Right. As long as you're willing to see that. And as long as you're willing to, to approach it in, you know... If I went through life thinking, you know what, only twos have value and are, and are worthwhile and, you know, forget everybody else because they're not compassionate, they're just jerks, then think of what I would miss out on, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you go through life saying that the people around me have something to offer me the way that God designed them, uh, there's a gift for me in the way that God designed them and their personality. If you go through life like that, you start to see the beauty in other people rather than like, focusing on the frustration of their personality right there are things in sherry's personality that frustrate me and there are things in my personality that frustrate her those just aren't what we focus on right because there are parts of adam's personality that i would love to possess yeah and i can strive yeah, toward that and um i think that's healthy for me i think it's healthy for humans to adapt and change and not just kind of become rutted in their ways. Yeah, I completely agree. We, the different personalities, it's like painting with different colors, mm -hmm. right? There's a beauty that, that comes from that in relationship. So friends, there you go. Episode three Here in go. the books. What? This was a fun one. This was one of the ones we wanted to talk about uh, from the very beginning of having this podcast conversation. When mm -hmm. we talked about doing this, we knew we wanted to do Enneagram and gosh darn it, we did. Okay. So thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. Three and, uh, whole episodes. Three whole episodes, Sherry. We are crushing it. Yeah, we are. So, uh, <laughs> you guys, we will see you on the next Leg Life podcast. Mm -hmm.